0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, and we are on Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live and taking your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and... I am the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we are here with the dream team, Michelle and Dion. So look for fun pics on Twitter throughout the hour. My Twitter is at Dr. Don Graham. And Today, it is Open Call Thursday, so if you've always had a question in your mind, or maybe your friend has a question, or maybe there's just something that's been bugging you that you've always wanted to ask, but maybe the topic didn't seem right, today is your day to call 844 Wharton. that's 844-942-7866, or maybe you've had a success that you want to share on air to help other listeners, or just a tip that works for you that you think would help somebody land that job. We are taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham and to help us with Open Call Thursday. Today we welcome back Abby Kohut to Career Talk. Abby, who's also known as Absolutely Abby, because she tells it to you straight. Um, has held positions as a recruiter and a senior director of recruiters over the past 22 years. And in 2012, Abby was determined to educate 1 million job seekers and help America get back to work by launching a 35 state cross-country RV speaking tour. Hey, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to her website abbyacrossamerica.com. But we're excited to have Abby back on the show, but even more so in the studio today. Welcome, Abby. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. How exciting is this? I I'm very excited to have you in studio. I have to say, I was really hoping to see your RV, though. I know. It's parked in Tampa right now, <laughs> but yes, you can come
2: see it in Tampa. It's nice warm weather down there.
1: Yeah, I would say it's probably a little bit difficult to find a parking space for that in Philly
2: pretty hard to do that yes <laughs> yeah. true so,
1: yeah so okay I I see why you didn't why you didn't bring it so so this is great we're excited to have you on the show it's open calls so people can call in and ask anything they want about their job search about career about a bad boss or maybe they just have a tip that either they learned from the show or maybe somewhere else that they feel can help listeners and we're taking those calls all hour at eight four four and that's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six but um as we get started tell us a little bit about this mission to educate one million job seekers. Sure. Well, as a recruiter with 22 years of experience,
2: I was really frustrated because I couldn't tell the people that I was rejecting exactly why I was rejecting them. And so I became absolutely Abby in 2009 and I just celebrated my eight year anniversary of doing this. Congrats. Thank you. And so what happened was I was a speaker in the New York metropolitan area. And it was great, and I, I decided I wanted to help a million job seekers because I felt like I had rejected a million job seekers as a recruiter. So you're you're working on your karma. You're Pretty like, much, I, it's I all about to... the karma. Totally about the karma. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, and so that's why I set this goal to help a million job seekers, and. I decided that I had to get out and do it on a national basis because there were people hurting all over the country, not just in the New York area. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: what happened, and I got an RV and started driving, and the rest is history. So, so how how are you on your karma balance? Are you at Are you at a million? Are you surpassing? No, no,
2: I'm not. No, the karma is still about twenty five percent at this point. Okay, so I've got about seventy five percent to go. So hey, yeah. hey,
1: let's help. Abby. (laughs) Restore her karma. Totally. That's it. That's the goal of the show today. Restore Abby's karma. Yes. yes. Give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. So Abby can help you and reach her goal of million job seekers. Um, So the other great thing that uh, we talked a little bit about last time, but I'd love to get into today as well, is your book, Absolutely Abby's 101 Job Secrets. So This is great because today's open call and we're all about sharing tips and and we don't really have a general theme. So maybe we can kick it off with what is one of your favorite tips from that book that job seekers go, oh, man, that was so helpful.
2: Well, one thing that you can do is we, we talk about keywords all the time, right? And so all of you know out there that you need to get keywords on your resume. And it's very important. But the best thing you can do is to get keywords multiple multiple times on your resume. So let's say that Microsoft Excel is one of your keywords. Don't just say Microsoft Excel one time. Say Microsoft Excel three times on your resume to mm-hmm. five times. And then when you do that, your resume shows up higher in the search than everybody else's resume.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And don't forget to put the word Microsoft or MS in front of Excel because otherwise – the recruiters are gonna find people that are excellent. Because Excel is a oh. English word.
1: Interesting, interesting. So we are gonna to go to Ben in New Hampshire. Ben, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today?
0: Hi, hey, how are you guys doing today?
1: Great. Welcome to Open Call Thursday and helping Abby get her karma back. She's she, you know, Ben, she's uh she's disappointed a million job seekers. So now we're help we're trying to help <laughs> her get back to the helping side of that. So
0: it's awesome and super appreciated. But um, <laughs> <laughs> my question is, I'm up for a promotion uh, at my current company. And how do you – I, I don't know really where to start in ne- terms of negotiation when they give me the contract. Mm-hmm. Do you have any so you, advice on that?
1: Yep. So are you a permanent employee, Ben, of your company? Yeah. You're permanent yeah. and And the promotion um, – Tell us a little bit about that. Is it? Are you going to be supervising people? I mean, what's what's going to be new about it for you?
0: Um, so right now I'm a, a customer service rep, um, and we have a team of about twelve people, um, and it'll be uh, for a customer service team lead position. Nice,
1: mm, Congrats. Nice. So is it a large company, Ben? I'm sorry. Is it a large company?
0: Yeah, it's a global, it's over like 15,000 employees worldwide. Okay,
1: great. So, okay, so this is interesting, um, Abby, because I think one of the things that we know, having been on the internal side, is that... You know, companies have a tendency not to, when you get an internal promotion, not to offer you what they might offer an external candidate, and it kills me. And this is why I know you switched over to the other side mm-hmm. because it makes sense. You've got this great employee, Ben. You want to reward him by by giving him a promotion, but then you come along and you're like, and we're going to give you five percent increase. Woohoo! Now, if you're hiring from the outside. You're not going to have that luxury. So I think, I think, Ben, you're smart, one, to be planning for this negotiation. Um, mm-hmm. And two, let's talk a little bit, Abby, about how we can help Ben get there. So, um, Ben, tell us a little bit about what percentage you're looking for here.
0: Um, well, so I'm kind of – so I'm going off of salary.com, and I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, it's probably be about a 10% increase from what salary.com has said.
1: So yeah uh-huh. so let me answer that question and Abby I'd love your uh, input as well so there's a variety of different websites out there salarycom payscale.com. there's glassdoor which is input from direct employees and I would yeah. say they all give you a piece of the puzzle but I as far as I know there's not one that's like this is the most reliable piece of information so I would say look at three four of them mm-hmm. try and get a ballpark of, of what you're seeing in your geography at your level um, they all kind of look Look at different factors, but you're, you're going to have to look at a couple of them to kind of get the range. Yeah,
2: I would agree. I think all three are really, those are the three I was going to mention. And yeah, look at all three and go to the table with data. So you can even print stuff off from salary.com, from Glassdoor, from payscale.com, and go to the negotiation with that data in your hand on, on a piece of paper. And you can talk about that, and also go with a list of things that you've accomplished in the past year or two to explain why you need that salary,
1: Mm -hmm. that higher salary. Yeah, and and one other tip, um, Ben, to add to that is. I think one of the best things you can do is go into the negotiations with positive assumptions. Um, I think when we're talking about money, we all tend to get a little bit emotional about it. It's one of those topics, so I love the idea about having the facts and and you know what what you're contributing to the role and really concrete, you know why you've earned this and um, you know what ROI they're going to get from you in mm-hmm. this new okay. role. Um, but going in with positive intent. Um, Or sorry, positive assumption that they want this to be a win-win for you is going to get you a lot further than going in with guns blazing and here's all the data and here's, you know, what I deserve. So assuming that they want you to have a win-win, I think, puts everybody at ease and creates a situation where where both sides want this to go well. So first off, congratulations um, on your promotion. That's very exciting news. Uh, Good luck with that. And thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. And we're taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Sarah in Virginia. Sarah, welcome to Open Call Career Talk. How can we help you today?
2: Um, I just had a question um, with
0: with regard to education over experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have taken some college courses, um, but I didn't finish because of student loans and um, and debt, and I really just wanted to gain experience. And so now that I have um, almost five years of business management experience, I'm finding it more difficult um, to land a job with the requirements of education. And so I'm wondering if there's a way to... To go around that, or to present myself better when applying for jobs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is another interesting one, Abby, and probably another one that kind of bugged you on the internal side. So a lot of companies, uh, Sarah, will say you know must have bachelors or must have yeah. um, you know a degree in whatever it is. Right. But it's it's usually more so of a um, just kind of qualifier than it is a requirement. Because if you ask those same people, and I'm not recommending you do this, but I'm just saying, if you ask them, well, you know, why do you need a, a BS for this role? Probably most of them don't have a very clear, connected answer to the job. So that's the good news, because I will tell you, experience trumps education every time. And for all of those new grads coming out of school right now, they're having the opposite problem, Sarah. They're going in saying, I got my four-year degree, and the company's saying, well, what experience do you have? So, So so true. Yeah, so you can't win. So, uh, so Abby, what advice do you have for Sarah?
2: Yeah, well, a lot of companies, they do say that they want a bachelor's degree, but it really is a preference. They call it a requirement because they really want it. But I do believe that some companies are willing to let it go if you have great experience. It just depends. I used to work for Kaplan, the test prep company, and they definitely wanted a degree for everybody. So, but that's the, they were in the education field, so they really wouldn't budge on that for their center managers.
1: Yeah, and and one piece of advice um actually I have two. So, one is networking and I know um, you know this is kind of age-old advice, but when you go through an applicant tracking system, and, yeah. and Abby, you were kind of talking mm-hmm. a little bit about those before. Like it's just it's a system, it's a computer, and it's going to say, oh, you don't have a bachelor's degree, so we're not right. even going to look at you. So you're just going to get weeded out if a company has it programmed to look for that. So getting in through somebody who works in the company in a referral, you're going to get to bypass that. So that's one. The other thing is, um, do you do you have any intention of going back and finishing that? degree, Sarah? Not right now, no. Because I think you can definitely put that you have some classes on there and, you know, I mean, I, I definitely don't recommend lying or anything no. that looks like like no. you're, you're finishing it. But I was going to say, uh-huh. if you intend on going back, I mean, you might put on that, you know, you're in the process of doing that. Um, if you're not, mm-hmm. then, you know, you might be careful about about doing that. But so I would stick with the first one because five years of experience, especially if you've got great results, um, you've accomplished things, you've got good referrals. I mean, companies want good people. Yeah, a degree is an easy way to t- put into the applicant tracking system to kind of get a base level. Right. But companies know experience trumps education, which is why all the new grads coming out of school now are facing the opposite problem. So get in through okay. your referrals, Sarah. Um, talking, you know, about the accomplishments you have. And, you know, I have no doubt that a, a wise company is gonna see that hiring somebody with five years of direct experience with results is is gonna really win over that degree. So best of luck to you, Sarah. Thank you for giving Thank us you. a call on Career Talk and helping Abby's Karma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're taking our calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 It is open call Thursday, and Michelle and Dion are running the ship and we're going to go to Patty in Arizona. Patty, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today?
0: Hi. Hi. Are you there? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Hi. I was calling because I um, I want to get a position again with an institution that I've worked for before. Okay. And I left, um, I was on short term disability. I had, uh, I mean, I can tell you because you're not my employer. I had a mental breakdown. Okay. Due to stress. And I, you know, I was on short term disability. I, um, I was out of work and then another company, you know, on short term disability, you can only be there for so long. Um, I got another job with another company, and then now I have built the experience and the expertise that I needed in my field. Um, and I want to be able to go back to this other institution. Now I'm concerned: how would I explain that to the hiring manager when you know when they see that? Hey, you worked here before, uh, and then you left. Um,
1: Yeah. Um, So, okay, so there's a couple of of factors here. So one, you're talking about going back to your previous employer. And, you know, actually, we we had a show earlier in the year about trends. The boomerang employee, as they call it, is becoming a great thing. And partly, Abby, because of what we were talking about earlier, because um, (laughs) sometimes it's hard to get a great boost in pay (laughs) internally. So people leave, get new experience and come back. But that is not Patty's question. Patty's question is about how to explain this to the hiring manager. Um, and in general cases, I would say in most cases you don't have to. But in this case, if you're going back to an employer and it's in your personnel file, the question is: Do will they have that information? Yes, I think they will have it. So HR will have that information. And so the next question: I'm, I'm. Is it you know? Is it relevant information for the job? that Patty's going to be interviewing for. Because here's here's the thing, Patty, and I know you you um courageously said this on the air that it was a, um, a mental breakdown and due to stress, things of that nature. But here's the deal. You should not have to disclose to anybody what that short-term disability was. I mean, whether you tripped over a chair and broke your leg um, or any series of, uh, you know, different health problems. So one, I don't think you have to explain and I actually wouldn't explain in detail because that is personal medical information. Now, the fact that you had a short-term disability and you left, and you went to another company and got new experience, and you're bringing that experience back to the job, that's what's most important to me as the hiring manager is are you going to do this work? Are you going to be a viable, valuable member of my team? Are you going to be a um, you know, collegial employee? Are you going to get along in this culture? So you've got a couple of things going for you. One, you know the culture, and if you have a history of performing good work in that company, then that will also be in your personnel file. Now, if you had a rocky history, that's going to make this a little bit more difficult. Um, Two, if you go in with this new experience and you really focus on that piece of it and how it's going to apply to the new job, they're not going to be as concerned about the short-term disability. That being said, it may come up, and I think you need to have a succinct, concise answer that gives them just enough information to be satisfied, but not enough to spend another 20 minutes on it. Yeah, it needs to be concise. And you need to talk about if if they know
2: exactly what happened, which they really shouldn't. That's really confidential HR information. And the hiring manager should not ha- be privy to that. But if they are, you definitely want to talk about how that was then and this is now. And that was a different job. And that job stressed you out. And this is a different job. And you're five years down the road. And
1: you're you're a different person and things like that talk about how you're different than you were then mm-hmm. and give concrete examples I think it's really important not to just tell them I'm different but to actually say here's what I've done and and whatever that is but again I would be careful about you know you don't need to tell them you went to therapy or you, you I mean none of that is relevant um, and it's actually none of their business right the no, point I agree. the point yeah. is can you do this new job um, and for your own, sake is it a job that is not going to recreate the situation that you were in before because (laughs) well i was going to ask uh
2: is it why do you need to go back to this specific organization is there another organization like a competitive organization that you could go to that won't have a personnel file on you for example so maybe maybe there's something else you can some other company you can go work for
1: yeah i always think it's good to have alternatives just for that reason and you know if it does come up or if people do have that information which they shouldn't it just it might be one of those barriers that is just hard to overcome because of human bias and it sucks but it's it's one of those things. So Patty, good luck to you. So excited that you're moving forward. Thank you for calling with your courageous story. We appreciate it and we wish you all the best. Hey, if you are just tuning in, it is Open Call Thursday. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with absolutely Abby, um, and we are talking about 101 job search secrets. So maybe it's time for another fun job search secret, Abby. Oh, okay.
2: Well, one that I love to share with people is if you're going on an interview, wear a swatch of the company's color somewhere on your body now this is not on your underwear it needs to be somewhere that we can see it it needs to be like (laughs) unless you wear
1: your underwear on the well unless you do
2: but like if you're a guy you can wear a tie so let's say you're going to interview at home depot we all know home depot is orange so wear orange when you go interview at home depot and like let's say let's look at target and walmart if you're going to interview at walmart don't wear red because that's Target's colors and that's the enemy's colors. And it's simple in a similar vein. If you're going to interview at Adidas, don't wear Nike sneakers. See? People are really about the brand.
1: So don't wear the opposite brand. Good tip. Mm-hmm. And it's also good to just add a little color to accessorize too. Yes. So Michelle and I were talking about that. We 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 have you know, we did a little closet cleaning with uh with Michelle a <laughs> few few months ago and um Michelle had some interesting colors in her wardrobe cleaning is that what we call it (laughs) it's like purging it is a little bit of purging yeah I I just I mean how many fuchsia belts can can one girl have (laughs) clearly too many (laughs) anyway we digress so hey I am going to uh, read an email question from a listener, and I love the way this starts out. I've been binge listening to your archives, and they're more addictive than Netflix. So I have to say Woohoo! that that is like the highest compliment. That's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question I'd love for you to address on an upcoming show. What advice do you have for people who've worked in the federal government for more than a decade and are now thinking about making the switch to private industry Mm. so that's that's a major culture switch abby
2: major culture Mm -hmm. switch Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yep and this is from brian what is your advice from brian
2: i would say for one make sure that you want to do the culture switch so i would go shadow somebody that is in the industry that you want to be in see how it feels to go to work every day because it is very different i think depending on what company you go for and different companies have different cultures, right? So some companies might have more of a culture that's like the federal government, and others are very, very different. So if it's a small startup company, for example, it's going to be a fast-paced, dynamic, exciting culture, and it might be different than the federal government's culture. But I've never worked in the federal government, primarily because
1: I really like the startup culture culture entrepreneurial culture yeah culture is a big part of um, job satisfaction and so it's huge so if you really like structure and um, process and policy and you know in that type of thing um, that's certainly one type of culture but then if you really like autonomy and and Ambiguity, and you function well in that. So, I, I agree with you. You have to understand what culture you function best in. The other thing I think to be aware of, Brian, is that they're going to have a bias as well. Yes. Um, so, and and every company has it. Like, if you've not worked in our culture, then there's no way you could possibly take your your PR skills, for example, and work here. And in some cases, there is. It's it can be harder. But in other cases, um, I think it's going to be your job going from federal government and a culture that, you know, definitely has some some specific aspects to it to a more maybe entrepreneurial um, open culture to share with them how you're adaptable, how you're agile, how you work well in ambiguity. And in part, this is just going to be because of their stereotypes that they're thinking, well, you know, maybe you're not able to take those skills and come here and do a good job. So I think having good examples of how you've been agile um, is going to get you far. So, Brian, good luck to you. Thank you for writing us on Career Talk. And we are taking your calls all hour. It's Open Call Thursday at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host. Host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Absolutely Abby, and we're going to go to K- Kristen in Connecticut. Kristen, how can we help you? Hi, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good. So
0: I have a g- couple questions for you. Um, I have, I'm have, i really interested in re-entering the workforce after taking a break um, to raise family, and within that window, I have volunteered extensively to keep my skills somewhat fresh and up to speed, and I have found that within, within my peer group, um, Almost every mom that I talk to is almost in the, in the same boat and is really interested in doing something but doesn't really know where to start. Like, what's the starting point to kind of reboot your career, um, whether in a part-time or full-time uh, capacity?
1: Mm-hmm. So first off, happy Mother's Day um, oh, in advance. You. Yes, Mother's Day is coming out. I'm going to give a shout-out to my mom, who is the best. Happy Mom's Day, Mom. I know you're listening, or at least you're listening to the replays. Thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> So this is a really common question, Abby, about getting back into the workforce after having kids. And I mean, people have been out for um, you know two years or twenty years, and there's a lot of uh, stigma that comes with that. So interestingly, Kristen, there's a couple of companies now. Um, one is I relaunch. Another one is called Après A P R E S. I think that's French, but don't quote me on that. Um, but these yeah these companies thank you Abby um, <laughs> these companies are out there doing exactly what you're talking about is they're recognizing there's this gap and they're helping um, women and men. But who've left the workforce for things like, you know, raising their children or, you know, taking care of a parent or whatever those things are and helping people get back into the workforce. So if you've never checked those out, I would I would definitely go online and look at those companies because they offer, you know, just networking and connections and, and all types of services. But in general, here's the thing. Where do you start? That's your question. And I think one thing and and these companies talk about this a lot is when you're going back into the workforce, first, do you still want to do what you did before? And I think a lot of people don't stop to ask themselves that. Mm-hmm. Um, and One, maybe you've changed, but two, maybe the market's changed and and it's not the same type of job. For example, maybe you, you were in teaching, but now all of it's on technology and it's not as inspiring for you. So I think one, you have to understand what you want to do. And then two, once you figure out, yes, I want to stick with my career path or two, maybe I want to make a little bit of a shift. I think you have to research the market, what skills you're looking for, and then how your skills Are applicable to that market so those are kind of the the starting points yeah well also I believe you
2: definitely have to consider do you want to go back part-time or do you want to go back full-time or do you want to go back as a consultant so you may not want to dive completely in you may want to you may have kids to pick up at the end of the day you may not so you definitely want to research that you want to research the culture I mean it's really it's a major research project but I'll tell you something I have job seekers come up to me in my events all the time, and what they say is, I've been unemployed for seven years. I've been a mother. And I look at them and I say, do you really think that you've been unemployed for seven years? You're a mother. That's the hardest job in the world. You just haven't gotten paid for it. So don't ever think of yourself as unemployed, first of all. And second of all, you can look online because there are very funny mother job descriptions out there. Yeah, I've seen those. Those So there's one woman, I remember one of the responsibilities in her list was chauffeur because she drove her kids around all the time. And another thing that she had in there was time management expert. So go online and look up funny stay-at-home parent job description or funny mother job description and put that on your resume so you don't have a big 20-year gap. Put that mother (laughs) job description on the top because that
1: was an actual job. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love, love that idea. And along those lines, Kristen, I think one of the things that companies are a little bit biased about whether or not it's true is, uh, you know, have you kept up? So, I mean, you just want to make that no question. You want to have a strong LinkedIn profile. You want to, yep. you know, include anything you've been doing, whether that's been volunteer yeah. or any type of work. I mean, you want to have a presence um, where it shows you're, you're keeping up with technology and the trends and whatever your specific market is, whether it's PR or um, you know accounting or whatever that is. i mean the more you can blog and be connected to that get into groups and just be in that world i think the better and then the last thing i'm going to say is confidence i mean there is no reason in the world to to feel like you have to take a step back mm-hmm. and that's why I love these companies i relaunch and uh, and I pray um, because th- this is what they do they're like you have incredible skills yeah there may be a slight bias in the job market but you you know Don't let that bring you down. You walk in there, I know what I can do. I know what I offer. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, finding companies who value that. So, I mean, the, um, you know, there's always the top, companies for moms and, and you know a culture like we were talking about earlier that that values that that has other mothers working there in leadership positions because that those are your people, Kristen. Those are your people. And um I like I said, I wish you all the best. You're in a situation that a lot of people are in. Check out some of those websites and some of those um you know resources to start I, with.
2: Yeah, and I have a really great success story, Kristen. I have a client That I met in the D.C. area, and she was out of work for seven years as a housewife, and she was very concerned about getting back in. She was in sales, and she was an award-winning salesperson, but I helped her with her resume, and we, we explained that she was really successful even as a housewife. We talked about all the things that she had done and the volunteer work and all this stuff, and she got back in earning more money than she did when she left in the exact territory that she wanted to work in. It was a great success story for her. So you can definitely do it.
1: Yep. And um, Kristen, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk and just on the the Mother's Day thing. Of course, I always have to pull trivia because that's that's what I do. But I found this one to be interesting. I am not a mother. On average, a mother by the baby's second birthday will change 7,300 Diapers, about 10 a day. So that's a lot of diapers. If if that's not working, I don't know what is. So, you're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with absolutely Abby, who is Fast Company Magazine's rated uh, 100 top influential people online. You go, Abby. So, we're going to go to our pre break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Okay, since many people listen to this show in their cars, I thought I would do a question related to that. Um, Okay, here's our pre-break quiz. The most popular item kept in a glove box is napkins. Card documents are number two. What is the third most common item found in your glove box? So the most popular item kept in a glove box would be napkins. Card documents are number two. What is the third most common item found in your glove box in your car? If you think you know, give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM, Channel 111. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown.
1: back to career talk we are on Sirius XM channel 111 I'm your host Dr. Don Graham we're here with absolutely Abby and it is open call Thursday we're taking your calls on any career or job search related questions 844 Wharton 844-942-7866 and before we went to the break we had our pre-break quiz I'm going to give it to you one more time because this this one's this could be anything. All right. So the most popular item kept in a glove box is napkins. Your card documents are number two. What is the third most common item found in your glove box? Hey, if you think you know from this survey, 844-WARTON, 942 And hey, if you've got a question, you can give us a call or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. And for more great weekly advice, you can follow my blog at dawnoncareers.com. So, Abby, we are talking all about um, great job search tips from your book. So let's do another one while we're we're waiting to answer the pre-break quiz. Give us another great job search tip. All right. Well, number one,
2: don't come into my office and plug your cell phone into my wall.
1: What? People do this? Just don't do it. In an interview? Just don't do it. In an interview. In an interview. Just don't do it. Okay? Do Just they- don't do it. Wow. Yeah. Char- charge your phone either prior to yeah. coming in your car.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, another one. <laughs> wow. Don't ask me to marry you. What? On a phone screen.
1: Okay. Like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I could totally see someone coming in and, and being like, oh, I got to plug in my phone because we are. So anxious. Like, I get anxious when my, my power gets to about 72%. I'm like, ah, I got to plug in my phone. Like, so I, I kind of get that. I wouldn't do it in an interview, um, but asking you to marry them. Yeah. So I did a phone screen with somebody in Chicago.
2: I'll never forget this. And at the end of the interview, I said, so do you have any questions? And he said, yes, I'd like to know if you'd like to marry me. And I said, well, no. But Why do you ask? And he's. <laughs> it's good to know why. <laughs> and he said, "Well, my life is going really well, except for that part of my life. And you have a really nice
1: voice. So I'd like to know if you'd like to marry me." Yep. So I am. I am not a marriage expert, but I'm going to say that it, it takes a little bit more than that to.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So that didn't go so well for him. So yeah, but, what I'm saying. But you
1: got a marriage proposal. I, mean, I did. That was that but was. How was, was your day, on. Abby? Well, you know, I got a marriage proposal. It's not a bad day. <laughs> It's never a bad day when you get one of those. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm going to think that most listeners have not asked somebody to marry them. But if you plugged in your phone or thought about plugging in your phone, mm. um, you're probably not alone on that one. But if you're listening and... You've either seen someone do something really quirky in an interview. Oh, I have more. Or, or if mm. you, you've done something that in hindsight you're like, bah, that probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. All right, so give us more. This is... This is uh... <laughs> All right, so let's see. Asking to marry you.
2: Okay, somebody once came into someone's office and watered their plants. A candidate watered somebody's plants. <clears throat> Why? I don't know. Like they how? just watered their plants. There how? was a water watering can, and I guess the plant looked dry, and they watered the plant.
1: So that's a caretaker right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's a general good rule of thumb for anyone listening who's going on an interview. Um, and this is true. Like you're going into somebody's space, and if you're going into their mm. office specifically. Um, it's kind of their their space. So oh, so yes. Be ca- I would even I know some of this stuff is Ooh, extreme. Yeah. But like I'm talking about basics. Like sometimes managers or hiring managers don't even like it if you put your if you have notebook or purse or, or things like they don't like you putting it on their desk. They definitely don't want you to move things on their desk. So do yes. not if you have a bottle of water, I mm. you know, I wouldn't put it on their desk because unless they invite you to You know, again, it's these subtle things that, you know, okay, that's not Mm -hmm. the biggest faux pas out there, putting your water on their desk, but you just don't know. Well, there was one person that did not get the
2: job because they left their water on the person's desk and, like, they left their garbage on the person's desk. So the person was like, well, this person's obviously wanting somebody to clean up after them. So they didn't get the job because they left their coffee cup or their water cup on the person's desk.
1: Yeah. And I, to me, that's extreme. Like, if it's a great candidate, you know, it's like yeah. I could chuck that up to nervousness. Like, yeah. you know, they're leaving. They're trying to get a business card. They're yeah. being thankful. You know, they're shuffling. They're excited. I'm just, yeah.
2: I'm just here to provide data. Now, here's yeah. another thing. So the, uh, people will walk you out to your car. To look in the car to
1: see how messy your car is. Yeah, I've heard that they walk you out to the car to see if you have a baby seat in there. To see if you have kids. I've heard that. And again, I think these are extreme. This is not happening every day. Not every day, but it's
2: happening. It's definitely happening. To see how dirty your car is. I met somebody in one of my sessions who said I'm one of those people that used to walk people out to their car because we were hiring sales reps. And the sales reps have to drive around
1: clients. So I wanted to see what the but inside that, of their that, car is. That could be legit then. Yeah. I mean, if they totally. have to use their own car. But, yeah. oh, speaking of which, <laughs> talking about messy cars, let's answer the pre-break quiz. Since <laughs> 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 Nice wraparound, Abby. Um, so the most popular item kept in a glove box is napkins. Car documents are number two. Dion, what is Number three. Come on, Dion. You should
0: have sure, what just happened in here. Oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going along the same lines as napkins, and I'm going to say straws.
1: Straws. Yes. You know, there's never a straw around when I want one. See? They're never. So they're all in your glove box.
0: No, well, I keep them in the, in, in the little side.
1: <laughs> oh, in the little side. Yeah. But, but, but straws box. would be the third most prominent in, item in your car. In
0: my car, Probably
1: okay. So, Abby, would, would he get the sales job with all those straws? And like, <laughs> what does he do with all those? As straws? As long as they were look, neatly look,
2: organized, look, Dion. Look. If they're neatly <laughs> organized, yeah. <laughs> what okay. do you need straws
1: for? As the I... third most prominent <laughs> item in your car.
0: Sometimes, um, if I go to fast food late at night, the people working late don't usually take as much care with giving you everything you need. True. So I got, I've got to have straws already. Right. I'm all judging. Right. I'm <laughs>
1: judging you. Yeah. yeah, you know. I mean. Okay. Okay. um, Yeah, no. No. No,
2: that is, <laughs> that, is
1: that is not number three. I, I, thought, I, mean, I thought that
0: was a, the, the okay no, that was no, saying I No, I'm right. going nice to be- venture
1: that, like, if, if there's a list. I don't have the rest of the list, but that's maybe, like, 11. On the list. <laughs> are, are that's Thompson? being kind. No. Yeah, I that's know. being kind. Actually, but that's because that's. I'm Dion, thinking, 12. Dion. We love you. We love you. Um, that is not the answer. But for all of you people who have straws, according to Abby, as long as they're neatly organized, you would still get the job. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> what, is, what is your answer? My answer, and I'm going to uh, give a shout out to my mom on this one because she taught me this. A flashlight. Ooh, safety first. A flashlight. Yeah, yes. safety. That's that is a good one. Thank you to have in there. Do I get a ding? No. Um, no, actually, some of the new cars, um, mine does not have this, but like actually come with like a, a flashlight built in, so it's always powered up. Oh, that's um, fancy. Yeah, it's, uh, not me. me. Not me, either. Dion. <laughs> 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 but I've seen it. It's like, ooh. So, um, not flashlights. Abby, come on, bring us home. I think Glasses. Ooh. especially
2: reading glasses reading for those of us that uh, whose eyes have gone south you know. mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah so to have your reading glasses in there because you have to have an extra pair oh yeah so Absolutely. you, you want to have a, a couple of them that's what i'm thinking yeah no no, that's not it. But I'm going to give one more hint before I give the answer. So the most popular item kept in a glove box is napkins. Your car documents are number two. Dion, you're the closest. Now think about what you said. You said sometimes when you're going through the drive-through late at right. night, they're not forks. They're not as forks. No, they're not as conscientious oh. as you'd want them to be. So you keep some of these extra in your glove box. What is it? I mean, ketchup so- or salt? Ketchup ketchup really I'm,
0: I'm, I'm sticking with the spork
1: Yeah I well I would say it's like okay but A french fries what is french fries what if french fries without ketchup is like I don't know.
2: What's even the point?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I only get French fries so I can scoop up the ketchup. Yeah, Sweet but how are you sauce. doing that in your oh. car? How oh. are you doing that in your car? You can't pour ketchup anywhere. I, hey, I'm not saying I... There's not, <laughs> a, there's not a single ketchup <laughs> packet in my car. I can I guarantee understand. it. There's also not a single straw in my car. I can guarantee that, too. Um, but... You're
0: ill-prepared. I am
1: ill-prepared. If I go through the (laughs) drive-thru, I better make sure everything's in there (laughs) or else I'm screwed. screwed. And you need a flashlight to look in the bag to make sure it's there. Oh, man. You guys have to redo my car. I'm like a a driving nightmare. (laughs) I've got nothing. I'm so unprepared. I actually do have a first aid kit. I'm surprised that we said first aid kit. I mean, flashlight. That was close, but... I wouldn't think it would have fit in the
2: glove compartment. That's exactly. why. Right,
1: it's a small first aid kit. If you get seriously injured, this is you know this band aid's not. Gonna, <laughs> it's not going to save you. It's like it's like three different size band aids. Maybe a little pack of neosporin and some string or something. You know, if, if you're MacGyver, maybe you could you could <laughs> fashion some kind of stint out of that or you know. But yeah, it's not it's not going to save you. But hmm. What can you do? All right, so ketchup—that's where that's where all the ketchup's going. Anyway, <laughs> awesome time playing with you guys. I love these questions, and you know they're they're a great part of the show. Add a little levity. Um, so okay, so. We are having Open Call Thursday, which we love to do because this means you can ask us anything. Honestly, you can always ask us anything. We are here for you, Um, but we're taking our calls live at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866, and we are very fortunate today to have Absolutely Abby, who is named one of the top 100 websites for your career by Forbes and who wrote a fantastic book that has lots of tips, Absolutely Abby's 101 Job Search Secrets. So, Abby, give us another one of those secrets. Okay. So
2: when you are taking notes during the interview, Mm -hmm. you should ask permission to do that. Some recruiters are going to say no because they're telling you trade secrets or they're telling you new inventions of the company. Some recruiters have told me they don't want you taking notes because then your eyes are not focused on them. Huh. no good eye contact. So they would say no. But here's the trick. So tricks. We love some, tricks. I know. Okay. Some companies will tell you it's okay to take notes and then will confiscate your notes what? after the interview. Wow, that's a new yes. one to me. Okay. They will so, confiscate your notes. Yes. Is that even legal? Can you I do that? I don't know, but it must be. So it's an aerospace <laughs> company did it. A we, don't bank did it. No, aeros- we don't know. No, an aerospace... We don't know. We don't know. But it was an aerospace company, a bank, and a college did it. Confiscated notes.
1: Confiscated their notes. Yeah.
2: So before you... So, like, you can take notes. If they say yes, just make sure on the top of the notes you don't write, this person is
1: ugly. Oh, Just well, don't do that. Yeah, that's... Well, yeah, I mean, that's... that's just okay. don't do that. I, I'm just... I'm still... You're shocked. I am shocked. I've never done this. Three people told me this. I have never heard this. They're confiscating your notes. Three people. Three different cities. And making a judgment on it. So Three different cities. Presumably, like, did you write down the important things and stuff like this? But um, you might be analyzing your handwriting. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that is is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Taking your notes. Liz in California, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Um, my husband is applying for some senior pos-
0: positions, and he's in his early 50s, and he gets all the way to the end, and then he doesn't get it. And it's, this has happened four times, and he's well qualified. He has a clean record. And he's experienced. Uh, his resume looks very good. He has been out of the industry, not out of the industry, but doing something on his own for a bit, but I think it's a bit of, frankly, ageism. And I just wanted to know, how does one counter that?
1: Yes, I would agree with you. I mean, obviously, we, we had a 30-second intro, so it could be a number of other things. But I will say that if he's getting to the end of the interview, I I mean, Abby, I'm sure you've seen this time and time again, is that, you know, they, they go with what they – envision as the safer candidate who's going to be there longer. And, and the fact is, we know tenure is about four years anyway. And so I'm assuming your your husband's got um, many more years in terms of how he wants to, uh, to be at work. So this is true. Ageism is out there. And yes, we have lots of laws that say that's illegal, but there's really no way to prove it because they always have a great excuse like, well, we found a better candidate or this one had this and, you know, and your husband didn't. So First off, let me acknowledge it's probably happening, and it sucks. Um, the other thing that you mentioned is that he's been in his own business for a while. Now he's looking to go back into corporate. So um, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well,
0: it, what he did, won some awards. It just didn't monetize as well as it needed to be. I, I, I... and um,
1: That's about all I can say on that. Yep. So, no, got it. um, So um, here's the thing. There's another bias about coming from uh, working on your own to coming back into corporate. So, I mean, that could be playing into it, too. Now, the fact that he's getting interviews is telling me that's not probably playing out as much. But people, like we were talking about before, want to know you can function in their culture. Um, So that's another big one. And, yes, that could be part ageism and that could be part coming from a different place. But here's what he needs to do. He needs to have a solid, what I call career story. Like the reason for coming back in, and it can't be that I wasn't getting paid enough. And it can't be, um, you know, something related to him or his situation. It has to be something related to the company that they can value. Um,
2: yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that I teach people, I actually do a whole workshop on this, and I call it Absolutely Qualified. And I tell people that you need to be abs. You need to say, "I may be overqualified for this position, or I may be, it may not look like the right candidate, but I'm absolutely qualified because he needs to have a really strong reason why he's interested and qualified for the position, and that may be what he's not doing." Mm-hmm. So I know it's it looks like right now it looks like it's age, but most of the time when I work with my clients, I discover that it's not necessarily age, even though they thought it was, and I discover other things. You know, it could be something like, he says, you know... You know, you know. Oh, I you know. I say that Abby. You know, you know. So do I, but I'm not looking for a job and neither are you. So there we go. It's not a problem. <laughs> well, screw by
1: Abby. Woo!
2: Yes. So, but it it could be it could be that he says things like like I said. That's a term it's a condescending term. It could be a million things. So, what I recommend is that he find somebody to talk to. He can talk to me, of course, but definitely find somebody to talk to that can help him figure out exactly why he's not getting the job, because it may not be age. And sometimes it is, I would say. But sometimes it's just not.
1: One one tip, Liz, especially because he's getting into the interviews and getting to the late stages, that um, I, I think might be able to get some of those potential assumptions or biases on the table. One question I recommend everybody ask is, you know, and you can frame it however you want, but, you know, after the interview, after the Q and A, towards the end, say is there is there anything about my um, my skill set or my abilities that concerns you about my ability to do this job? And you could say it in a number of different ways. I would not say, "Are you going to hire me?" or or anything that direct, but basically asking, "Do you have any concerns now that you've you've known me?" Because here's the deal: sometimes they will have concerns and they'll bring them up. Well, you you know, you it's a really long commute, and that that. You know, we're concerned. You're not going to want to do that for very long. Or, you know, in one case with a very similar situation. It was, you know, we we are concerned that you and you know, you know more than the CFO, and and you know, this is going to be a tencious, tension, tension. What's the word I want, Abby? Come on, help tense, me. tense. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew, I liked you, Abby. <laughs> tense relationship, and we're concerned about that. But this gives you the opportunity, or your husband rather, to address that concern and to say you know well i'm really glad you brought that up and address it because my my sister-in-law lives out here i'm out here all the time or you know i agree it's really important for for the person in the cfo position and i to connect so i think that would be helpful if we meet um but it's something that might get whatever it is on the table so that either he can address it or if it's something that he can address then at least he knows what he's up against so liz we wish her husband all the best um Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. I know this topic comes up a lot. So you're helping a lot of listeners by, by bringing this up. And hey, if you're just tuning in, we are here with Absolutely Abby. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And we are talking all about anything you want because it's open call Thursday, 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. So, Abby, as we're wrapping up, do you have like one more tip from your book, 101 Job Search Secrets, that you can leave us with?
2: Well, one thing is that many of you out there believe that human resources professionals do not read cover letters. And my tip is that you must send a cover letter, because it's the one thing that's going to differentiate you from everybody else. And I actually have a cover letter template for all of you, if you would like it. You can send me an email at XM at absolutelyabby dot and there is a template. It's the template that I've used for my own job seek my own job searches and I have landed many jobs with that template. So I want you all to have it. Yep.
1: Thank you for offering listeners that and I will agree. Yeah, there's a lot of research out there that people don't read cover letters, but I wanna clarify that. If I'm in a recruiting position, I will read a cover letter if I like your resume. I'm not gonna read it first. Yes. But if I like you, I'm gonna read it second. And yes. it better be customized and yes. tailored and yes. well written. So so don't don't take the chance that they might not and just say, I'm not gonna do it because it yeah. does make a difference. So Abby Where can people reach you for more great tips and advice?
2: Well, this is it. Everybody should send me an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com. It's real easy to remember. XM for serious XM at absolutelyabby.com. XM at absolutelyabby.com. And if you're a job seeker, you should definitely write to me. If you're a business owner or consultant or entrepreneur, you should also write to me because I have some goodies in there for you. Wait till you see.
1: (laughs) Wait till you see. You heard it from Abby. Abby, thank you so much. It's been awesome having you in studio. Very fun. Your advice was awesome. Michelle, Dion, you guys rule. Um, And to all of our listeners and callers, thank you for making this show what it is. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. For more great tips, you can... Follow my blog, DawnOnCareers.com, um, or you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham. So I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there who are celebrating. Um, oh, and one last tidbit. The average person thoroughly cleans their glove box about once every two years. So, <laughs> hey, now might be, now that spring weather's here, maybe it's a good time to do it. Dion, get rid of those straws. Hey, you've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. We'll see you next time. Time.